0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. Now, I want to start this episode today by asking you a question What changes can you make in your life today that will enable you to live immediately? Because this is really the essence of the episode this week. My guest today is Ricky Coleman, a man who at his heaviest weighed 130 kilograms. Ricky lost his father at a young age. He turned to excessive eating and alcohol to numb the feeling to the point where his weight had paralyzed him from living the life he truly wanted to live. But Ricky's story is so much more than lost kilograms. It's about taking control of your life, making the decision to change, and allowing that change to slowly happen. Ricky talks about the importance of a support network, getting back on the push bike to clear his head, and learning patience. The change we need to make can often be simple, but that doesn't make it easy. Every change will come with its own challenges. It will push us and make us question if we really want the change to take place, Even if we know we will benefit from the outcome of the change, we might not all have 45 kilograms to lose, but I think we all have self limiting beliefs or fears that are holding us back just as much. What change will you make today? I hope you enjoy my conversation with Ricky Coleman. Hi, Ricky. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. How are you today?
0: I'm very well, mate. Very well, indeed. And whereabouts in this beautiful world do I find you?
1: Uh, so I am in the um, very beautiful, but always very cold in winter. I'm in Canberra, the nation's capital.
0: The good old nation's capital. I often, Yes. I often go through Canberra by accident when I'm on driving down to the snow, I seem to always miss that turn off And I, I head straight into the middle of Canberra and go around your many roundabouts.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, think, I think a lot of people tend to do that.
0: <laughs> but um, we do have a little bit of white noise in the background, but I'm pretty sure it'll be fine for everyone listening. So I do apologize for that. But to live immediately, Ricky, is really to live life today and to not push our dreams and desires off to t- off to tomorrow and it's like that tomorrow it's a day that kind of never arrives and there are so many things that can stop people from doing the things that they want to do and I believe that most of it really boils down to our fears and self-limiting beliefs and I guess like bad health and carrying a lot of excess weight can physically stop us from doing the things that we want to do as well which in turn plays so much havoc on our mental health And when I first met you uh, a couple of months ago, one of the first things I said was, hey, mate, can I interview you for the Live Immediately podcast? Because you told me about your story of staggering weight loss. But your story is so much more than lost kilograms. It's about someone who's really taking control of their life so they can simply just live life. So let's get the big numbers out of the way from the beginning how heavy were you at your biggest and how many kilograms have you lost so far?
1: So I actually cannot tell you that technical number of my heaviest, but I reckon I would have been about 130 kilos and that was in December 2014 when I got back from America. I actually didn't weigh myself when I got back, but... Um, But I am currently sitting at in between 85 to 87 kilos. So I've lost about 45 to 40 kilos. It it varies on the day and what I've had to eat and drink and what time of the day I weigh myself. But yeah, about 40 to 45 kilos uh, to date.
0: Wow, 45 kilos, that's a massive amount. And for everyone in North America uh, listening, that's nearly 100 pounds, which is a huge amount. So firstly, mate, congratulations. You should be massively proud of that number.
1: Uh, thank you. I'm very proud, but, um, you know, this is still the start of my journey is what I can see.
0: Yeah, very true. And, and I guess becoming that size, like it doesn't happen overnight. So let's go back a little bit in your journey. When do you think your bad eating habits really started?
1: Okay, for me, I truly believe that um, my bad eating habit, habits started probably when my dad passed away. In March 2003, um, when I was 14, in no—I just want to make it very clear—in no way do I blame my mum for any of this. Um, but it, it was hard. We're all battling different ways, but I truly think that the, the bad eating habits started then, with the going for the quick and easy option of getting takeaway foods when everything happened, and then I, th- I think a lot of that just just kept going, like the the bad eating, the bad. Yeah, just to keep on going for the cheap and easy option of getting takeaway foods because, you know, I was only 14 at the time, so I didn't really know how to cook. Dad was the main cook in the family. Um, you know, mum can cook as well. She does a lot of cooking, but, yeah, it was just at the time, it was a, a lot of buying takeaways and going the cheap and easy option. And, yeah, that I guess that was the main main starting point of it all.
0: And, like, you know, sorry to hear about your dad, and losing your dad at such a young age mate like how as a 14 year old boy how did you
1: deal with that i still don't know i i truly believe i didn't get the help that i should have sought. i tried to deal with it myself i guess a lot of it then came down to the the comfort eating and once i came to have aged the um the drinking um trying to hide and numb the feelings behind the drinking and you know i i'm thankful for the friends that i have now because i i did put them through a lot um probably burdened them a fair bit with my drinking and i i truly should have got the helps that i like proper help but i, I just never did that mm.
0: and you know you spoke then about the the drinking when you're coming of age you know at 18 or or maybe i'm sure a, a little bit earlier but, but like 14 that's that's very young do you think that that food was part of that grieving process that food kind of became the way that that you numbed that pain
1: definitely 100 100 you know food was something that made you feel good you know you you ate that bad food you felt good for a little while then everything would come crashing back down Mm -hmm. so you it's a vicious cycle so you'd eat the same food again because you'd feel good and then you start feeling crappy again so you'd it's Just like a a revolving door, it just kept kept on happening.
0: And like you, you speak about that now, kind of looking back at it in retrospect. Did did you notice that when you were going through it? Like, were you aware that hey, I'm on this merry-go-round, or 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 can you just look at that in the
1: past now? I look at that in the past now. I definitely didn't think of it at the time. Like, I guess I was just too young to really understand and. It was I just enjoying it? Like, yeah, just trying to enjoy life as much as I could, and the the food just seemed to help. I mean, I was still a pretty active kid. I, I still played football for a couple more years after that. I always rode my push bike to and from school. School holidays with mates, you know, would always be pretty active, riding our push bikes around. But it was just constantly bad eating. Mm.
0: And I guess too, once you you leave high school and you, you're in your twenties and things like that, you kind of stop riding the bike as much and you stop playing football and then all of those physical activities go but the um the hamburgers just seem to get a little bit bigger
1: oh definitely the minute the minute that i got my peas and was in college it was you'd have certain free classes off around lunchtime and what did you do you'd go to the mall Mm. being that age what was cheap and quick to get mcdonald's couple of cheeseburgers and you know like I just I didn't have control. Now that I look at it like I, I'd always go for the large instead of a small. I'd always go for lots instead of just a little bit, and wasn't watching portion sizes. And then and then yeah, like then you get to your twenties and the the alcohol becomes a factor, and it's yeah, just a vicious cycle.
0: And and like when you were at your biggest, and you're looking in the mirror. What's the first part of your body that you notice?
1: Definitely my stomach and um, the man boobs. Mm.
0: And like what, what was going through your head when, you, when you'd see that?
1: Oh, I can't even really explain that. You'd, you'd feel down. You'd be like, what, what's the point? Like, and then, you know, you'd go trying on clothes shopping and nothing fits you. Up. So what do you do? You go find that, that meal that makes you happy. And again, it's just that vicious cycle. I'd go, I'd eat something bad, I'd feel happy for 10 minutes, and then I, I'd regret it. But then at the same time, I'd be like, oh, well, I might as well eat again because it makes me feel good. Or I might as well crack open another beer because it makes me feel good.
0: And, and could you know, you've spoken about alcohol a fair bit through this conversation. Talk to me about those early years and, and the alcoholism.
1: Uh, just, just used to drink way too much. Um, used to get fair emotional. Uh, just, just you know, missing my dad. Used to just cry a fair bit. But it just, I don't know. I guess I just never really had that trigger or that switch to stop. I, I tried to stop sometimes, but um, I guess the, the alcohol just made everything feel better. Like you just didn't have a worry in the world. And
0: putting on so much weight. It's not something that like it's a it's a daily thing each day you're putting a little bit more and a little bit more on, and a little bit more on, and you're watching your body slowly grow. How did that affect you mentally
1: just just makes you upset you just you just go what's the point like I've gotten this big. I did try joining the gym a couple of other times um but just. Didn't enjoy it. Lost motivation. Lost focus, and just went back to the old ways. Um, I don't know. Just mentally, I guess it just it makes you upset in a way, like that you've gotten that big. Especially now, when I look back at photos, I was like, how How did I let myself become that? Um, why Why did I do it? You know what? Why didn't I stop all those times that I, you know the past couple of times that I've gone to the gym? why didn't I stop, keep going, like I'd be so much better off than what I am today but I guess it was, just wasn't meant to be, I didn't have that that light bulb moment, I didn't have the, um, the support network and I guess I was probably still too immature than what I am nowadays.
0: Mm. You know, but to answer those questions about why you did give up when, you know, because to get yourself to the the gym in the first place. And you said that you've been, you know, there were kind of two occasions that you might've been going for three months or a month or whatever it was, but something got you there. Like, what was that? Like, what was that thing that got you there? And then what made you give up?
1: I, I seriously, to this day, I do not know. I, I think it was just, I got there because I I thought at the time I was ready and needed to lose the weight. And I seen that, um, on the first occasion, I, I was going for about a year, maybe not even, and I'd, I'd lost ten kilos. I was doing PT, and I, I think I just, I just didn't have the, the um the support as much as I do now. Like I was still going with a mate a couple of times, but just just lost interest, lost motivation, and I guess I just enjoyed eating and drinking too much. Um, and then yeah, then the second time it was mainly work, you know, I changed jobs, was do, do night shift as a security guard. And I, I just used the excuse of, oh, I don't have enough time, you know, I'm doing 12 hour night shifts. I can't be bothered going after work, I'm too tired. There's no point, the gym's too cold, I don't like it. Um, yeah, I guess that's that's about it for mm-hmm. those two times as to why I gave up, just, just wasn't ready, lost the interest and the motivation.
0: And then what caused that turning point for you to really start losing serious amounts of weight?:
1: uh, So for this time, um, came back from America. I'd uh, been in a long-term relationship for about three years, if not more, at that time, and um, got back from America, and she just turned around and said, "I don't think I love you anymore." And I was like, "Oh, okay, Wow um i don't know whether it was because of the way i was starting to look i mean i always said before i went to america when i get back we'll lose weight because you know she wasn't too happy with the way she was starting to look i definitely wasn't happy with the way i was starting to look and i thought what's the point in trying before america when i'm gonna just eat bad food over in america because you know you gotta you gotta try all their their bad stuff or their deep fried chicken and that <laughs> and um I think it was, yeah, that just coming, having that feeling that someone doesn't love you anymore, was definitely a big kick in the guts. And I was actually talking to Mum the other night um, about it all, and she's surprised that I didn't go the other way and turn to the drinking. Mm. And I'm now that I think about it, I'm surprised to myself, but the least thing I felt like doing was drinking. I was. I just had in my mind, you know what, I'm going to get fit and healthy. I'm going to show her. I'm going to get her back. And then I ended up just buying a push bike and it was one of the best therapies ever was just to just start out slow. I just went for 20 minutes or I found myself a little course that was 6Ks and just to put on a set of headphones, put on some music, go for a bike ride and just clear my head of everything I think that ugh, it was just good therapy, good fresh air. And then it just it just continued from there. About a month, month later, I'd lost 10 kilos and I was like, you know what, I'm going to message my mate about some personal training. So I sent him a message and I was thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, I'm really enjoying this. I might try and join a gym again. Messaged another mate and I was like, what gym do you go to? And he told me, and at the time it was, um, uh, yes, um, here in Canberra, they just have a small public gym and it was good just to get back into it, you know? And, uh, it was, it's a good small gym because not a lot of, it's not a big corporate one. So not a lot of the typical gym people were mm-hmm. going there. It was mainly just older people doing like rehab stuff. It was good, small, um, close to home at the time and um and then yeah like I just started seeing even more results and then I got serious and messaged my mate again about PT and started doing the personal training and that was tough (laughs) um oh I I couldn't even make it 20 minutes and um we still joke about it today before I I had to um fertilize the garden so to speak (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know just getting pushed to my limits and just have to stop fertilize the garden come back finish off the 45 minute session and yeah just just all really took off from there um really and so like but talk me through
0: that process of like what made you go out and get that bike in the first place and 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 start riding around And, and did you end up kind of using that as your your motor transport or was it just a an exercise thing because it feels like you were kind of bringing back a bit of of your youth there you know in in high school when you used to ride around with your mates
1: definitely definitely was bringing back a bit of youth you know a bit scary a a bit shaky when i first started but um i didn't use it as a motor transport because i I live a bit too far away from where i was working at the time and i I sort of still do um but just, just use it as an exercise tool. Um, you know, it's just, just good to get out there in the fresh air as well, and just have some music playing, and just, just clear your head and really focus on, on um, trying to change your mindset.
0: And then your your body going through that, that. Personal training, those hard sessions, and you know you're still a big man at this at this point. You know you, you might have lost ten kilos, but you're 120 kilos, which is still pretty big. Yeah. And you're throwing up at 20 minutes. Like, talk me through. Like, what was the feeling in your body when you were just putting through it, p- putting it through so much of that stress?
1: The feeling. Oh, geez. Um, why am I doing this? <laughs> um. Oh, I, don't, I don't really know. Yeah, just why am I doing this? And then you sort of re-spark and go, no, I've got this. I can do this. I've already lost 10 kilos. You know, I had a goal of getting down to 100 kilos by a mate's wedding. I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm I'm, I'm a groomsman at his wedding. I've seen photos from other weddings where I've been a groomsman and gone, no. I, I wrecked their photos. I was like, I want to look good. I don't want to wreck his wedding day photos. So I guess just, just finding things to motivate you and keep you going was my my biggest battle. Looking back at old photos definitely helps.
0: And ha- um, has that motivation and that goal setting helped you in things outside in, in other areas of your life?
1: Uh, a little bit. <laughs> probably, probably not too much. I know I, I am a bit slack in certain things, but um yeah, definitely a little bit.
0: And what was the main thing? that really enabled you to lose so much weight
1: nowadays um probably my my new girlfriend my new partner um you know met her after losing a, a, about 20 kilos i think so i was about 110 kilos when i met her and um yeah just nowadays it's just to try and look good for her and trying to look look good for myself and benefit my health for our future mm. Which is beautiful, mate. That's great. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely one of my um, biggest support systems at the moment. Like if I'm having a bad day or feeling down about myself, you know, she tells me to pull my head in and sits down and talks to me and uh, she's definitely been a lifesaver to me at the moment.
0: And you've spoken about this support network a fair bit throughout this conversation and you didn't really have that previously and things like that. Why was that so important for you this time around?
1: Oh, geez. I, I don't know. I guess it just uh, – knowing that you've got that help there all the time. Um, you know, like I, if I'm ever struggling with something or need advice, I can just message my personal trainer. He's always more than happy to talk to me. Um, you know, my, my gym buddy Mitchell now, I guess we just support and push each other to the limits. Um, you know, even he's great. You know, if I'm having a bad day, he's like, dude, Look how far you've come, you know, mm. you just, you just got to try and remember how far you've come and it's, it's definitely a big help just having that proper support around nowadays.
0: And also, you know, as you said, it's, you know, having that accountability, you know, relying on people and, and even just words of encouragement to, to push you through. And, and as you said there with Mitch saying, mate, look how far you've come. Cause sometimes we, we can forget about the hurdles that we've already overcome to get to where we are today.
1: Definitely, definitely true.
0: And diet, like from the limited amount of fitness stuff that I know, I'm, I'm a big believer that diet plays such an important role in, in being fit and healthy. Back at your heaviest, what did an average day's diet look like?
1: Uh, average day diet at my heaviest would have been uh, probably a big feed of Maccas or KSC for lunch, um, just whatever I felt like. And then dinner, just not portion sizing. So, you know, having having probably too much high carbs. So, like, just, yeah, too much carbs and too much meat and not, not enough fruit and veggies. And, um, yeah, it was just not knowing about portion sizing. Mm-hmm. Um, soft drink was a big killer, you know. Um, I would, on average, probably have four cans of, soft drink even that you know it's Pepsi Max and people claim it as a diet soft drink I'd still be having four cans of that in a 12 hour shift wow um chocolates chips um you know big dinners um I think with my work it's you know a fair bit of boredom so again you're bored you eat mm-hmm. instead of get instead of getting up and going for a walk around the building or whatever I I chose to sit there and eat um Having the work car there, you know, you'd, you'd be, oh, feel hungry. I'll just go get go get a couple of cheeseburgers, or because Macca's is only up the road. But um, yeah, it was not good. And
0: what what kind of foods do you eat now? Then, so what's the contrast in in what in what you're doing now?
1: So nowadays, I just I, tr- I um eat definitely a lot more fruit and veggies, and just just portion size everything. Um, at the moment, I'm mainly just focusing on having um carbs before and after training so a bit of oats and a banana and a protein shake before i train and then when i get home having some some turkey mince um or chicken and rice after i train and just when i if i'm not training then i usually just try and up the veggies and up the salad and just try and keep that same portion size of meat um and not not overdo it
0: and has it has it been hard to I guess change your palate like change what kind of food you enjoy eating
1: oh yes definitely um but you know there's there's a lot of seasonings out on the market um that you can use, like you know just master food ones um there's even oh, excuse me there's even um healthier ones out there um that you can use to to flavor your meat um you know, there's, there's a lot of even just e-books, um, a lot of information on the internet if you look it up. Um, but yeah, to me, I, I just never really think of it as a diet. Don't fall for it as a diet. Change it one step at a time, you know. Take that one can of soft drink out. Take that one, one chocolate bar out and substitute it for something else. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of healthier options out there at the moment as well. So instead of having like you know your really bad Smith chips or something like that, try and find something else. I mean, there's um a lot it's a lot more um veggie sort of style mm. chips out there. And again, it's all about moderation. Like you, you can't just expect to eat a whole packet of say veggie chips or something like that and to work magic. So it's yeah, yeah, definitely all about all about what you put in your mouth as well.
0: Oh, hundred percent agree there, hundred percent. And you know. You're sharing your journey on Instagram with your mate Mitchell that we've spoken about earlier under the tag of RM Fat to Fit, and that's a, the number two. Um, but I will have a link to that in the show notes. And I'm sure you're sharing your journey for a bit of accountability, and you guys can can encourage each other along. But you're also doing it to help and encourage other people who might be going through the same thing as you. And what I really love about how you're sharing your journey is you're not holding anything back you are putting everything up there you've got photos from when you were at your biggest to where you are now and one of the videos that i remember you putting up was you topless leaning over some um, exercise equipment and your excess skin was hanging down and and waving around How has it been to lose all of this weight and hit all of these goals and then need to deal with the loose excess skin?
1: It's very mentally challenging, I'm not going to lie. You feel like you put in all this effort and that you're still so far behind. Um, I I still sometimes feel really unattractive. Um, I don't like taking my – if I was to go to the beach – I'd feel disgusting, and that people were staring at me, still going, "Oh, look at that fat dude over there." Rather than when I was bigger, and everything was sort of more important. You know, it's hard to explain when it's more in proportion and more tighter, I guess. And you like, and you have your shirt off, you're, you're just like, "Oh, I'm fat. I'll deal with it." But now because it's just the the way that it sags, I just I I don't like it. Um, it's I hope I can talk about this. It sort of does affect me in my sexual life as well a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just I feel pretty disgusting without my shirt on around my partner and stuff. Even though you know she says that she doesn't see that, but it's definitely mentally challenging. And um, yeah, it's I sometimes just feel disgusted by it. But it's also very very rewarding. Um, you go, well, this is, this is how far I've come, mm. you know, I, I was 130 kilos. It's not all going to shrink back nice and tight, you know, and show off my, show off my hard work really good. Um, I have got a couple of, um, referrals there to see a couple of, um, plastic surgeons about it, but that, that might be all in due time.
0: And is, is that the only way to, to get rid of the excess skin?
1: Uh, Yeah, truly, truly yes, Um, if you want it completely gone. I mean, I will be doing a post on Tuesday to show my past couple of months' difference. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like it's definitely getting that bit tighter and just chipping away at it slowly and slowly, but I I truly personally believe that I'm going to have to face up and um, do the surgery one day. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of lot of other people who are like they wear it as a badge of honor but to me i I truly don't think my journey will be complete mm. until till that's gone
0: i uh, i understandable i can compl- yeah. <laughs> i completely can agree with that you know um i've i haven't gone through anything like that, but you know seeing the photos and again i i you know hats off to you man for showing it like it's it's a big step to be vulnerable like that and to to say to people, "Hey, this is still challenging, but you know, look at how far I've come, and I've got to deal with this." And you're very open about that, which I I think is really great. But I agree with you; like, it's you know, I guess for you to if to get to that point that you want to be at, and you and you got to go under the knife, then so be it. I think that's completely cool.
1: Definitely, definitely. I mean, I I'm not one to hide from it. Um, that's sort of one thing that annoys me about the fitness industry is, you know, you get people, they only post their best photos and their best, you know, in the best lighting and their best flexing. And, you know, as much as some of them say, oh, this is not flexing and this isn't good lighting, it's no, you, you're still doing it. But to me, I'm, I'm not one to hide, um, you know, I. I've only got myself to blame for how big I've got, and the the upside of it is I'm a lot better now. But the downside of it is, hey, this is true life, you know. This is the, the excess skin that's there. It's is what happens. Um, yeah, it's definitely definitely mentally challenging at times. And what what do you think
0: losing all this weight has taught you?
1: Patience. Wow. Um, it's and to take it day by day. Definitely patience, you know. Um, I, one of my sayings, well, that Mitchell keeps reminded me is, um, Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> and I, I think that, that one definitely sticks out, you know. It's, it's not going to magically happen overnight, you know. You, it happens day by day. You might have your one day of eating bad again, but, you know, as long as you get back up on that horse the next day and not let it bring you back down, um, so, yeah, probably to be patient and trust the process, you know. Mm. I've got my personal trainer who, who writes me programs and stuff and it's just, just all about trusting the process, um, you know. And just there's so much advice out there. Just really look into it and trust that sort of stuff, like especially the food stuff. Just, just trust it or if you're ever in doubt, um, you know, you can go to a supplement store and have a, have a chat to them about, there's usually a nutritionist, someone who's got a bit of a nutritionist background and they can probably point you in the right direction. Cause I'm no expert on nutrition myself. I just, just go off the basics.
0: And like speaking of advice and, and tips, like what, what would be some advice or tips that you would give to people who might be going through a similar situation or, or even just dealing with something in life that is holding them back?
1: So my number, my number one tip and a favorite saying that i have actually really true, don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 10. Mm. Every, everyone's on a different journey. Um, small tips would be buy a secondhand um, exercise bike or a treadmill and start out slow. Um, you know, how long does a TV episode go for? About half an hour, you know. Instead of just sitting there in front of the TV, jump on a treadmill, jump on a bi- exercise bike like I did a number of times at home watch one episode of something uh, while and just slowly pedal um, even if you got to do it ten minutes at a time you know even if you' got to do- watch something for 10 minutes stop for 10 minutes jump back on for 10 minutes mm. just just take it day by day and, and just slowly cut things out there's no need to crash diet oh, I hate I don't really like the word diet um, there's no need to really just cut everything out all at once because then you're going to go back to that binging and then you're going to fall off the wagon and go back into old habits. Just, just cut it out all slowly and take it day by day. Getting back into the gym is definitely a hard one. Just don't compare yourself to others is the main one. Um, Everyone is in there. They're all on a different journey. Um, We all got to start somewhere, I guess, but, It is hard. It is confronting because, you know, you do see someone who's ripped and muscly or the girl who's really thin and petite and go, oh, I'll never get to that. Oh, I'll never get to that. But talk to your gym staff members as well. You know, they're all there. Most of them have have degrees in personal training or some sort of um, some sort of study and they'll be able to help you and point you in the right right knowledge. Go out to people and talk to them. Most people are pretty friendly in the gym, um, especially now that I'm at Anytime Fitness in Fishwick and been there for a while. I mean, people are just so friendly. I mean, just just go up and talk to people. You're not going to know people's stories unless you go up and ask. Don't don't hold back. Gym staff is also just just talk to them. They'll they'll point you in the right direction and they're more than willing to help you.
0: Oh, Beautiful. I, I like that, mate. And, and I, I think too, as you said, like we, we often can compare our Chapter 1 to someone else's Chapter 10 in, in so many areas of our life. Um, so I think that's, that's great advice. But mate, before we go and before we wrap up, I've got one question that I do ask all of my guests before we go. And that is, if you could please describe your perfect day.
1: Okay, so my perfect day, and I really, really need to start doing more of these, especially once spring comes and Canberra's not so freezing cold in the morning. It would be to wake up nice and early. I've got a little bit of a very sparkled passion for photography. So it would be to grab my camera, go for a walk around the lake. I also want to try and um, do some walks around Canberra a bit more, in and around Canberra, maybe try and climb some mountains. So grab the camera, take some photos. Um, grab some brunch or a late late breakfast or lunch somewhere. Um, get into the gym that afternoon. You know, lift lift some weights. Get them endorphins going, and then probably come home to a, a nice dinner. And at the moment, one of my favorite dinners is um salmon and salad with sweet potato. And uh, yeah, just probably probably doing that and doing that all with my um beautiful girlfriend, obviously.
0: Ah. Sounds perfect, mate. It really does. Um, I'm a little bit partial to some salmon and salad myself, so good oh, choice there. <laughs> it's,
1: de- it's definitely a great meal at the moment. I'll, I'll probably bore my girlfriend to death with one in at least once a week, but I'll, she, she's good and she lets me eat it.
0: Oh, lovely, mate. Well, Ricky, thank you so much for sharing your story. And you and I have kind of been emailing each other over the last couple of weeks. And this is your first podcast or your first time of doing something like this and, and you're a little bit nervous. But I just want to say, mate, you've knocked it out of the park. You, you really have. You've, you've done it so well. And I, I love it that you were so open with the stories that you told in, in some areas, some chapters of your life, which I'm sure were hard for you to kind of dig deep into. But if people want to reach out to you or follow your journey or just want to say day, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Uh, so probably just um, jump on our on our Instagram page and follow us. Obviously, it's um, you'll link it, but um, RM Fat to Fit, and that's the the number two. Um, probably yeah, just to follow us on that. And if anyone's got any questions, they're more than more than happy to DM us. Um, if we don't have the answer straight away, um, I can always ask my personal trainer. Um, Uh, for the for the advice to give and get back to people but um yeah that's that's definitely the best way to um follow us and uh hopefully i've covered everything and everyone's enjoyed listening to my story and get a little bit motivated to um change their lives for the better Um, even if it's just by putting down that that chocolate bar that they're eating now or putting away the packet of chips and deciding to go for a walk around the block and enjoying some fresh air
0: Oh, beautiful, mate. Thank you so much. And um, I'm sure you have motivated people. And I'm, and I, you know what, the, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and it, it, you know, your story is about weight loss, but it's so it is so much more. And, and I did say that in the intro. And, and I really do believe that, you know, I, I, I know from, from my chats with you, I've, I've gotten a lot out of them. And, and it's got nothing to do with weight loss. It's really just about having a, a good hard look in the mirror and, and and ensuring that you're you're on the path that you want to be on and if you're not then then it's time to change paths. but thanks again Ricky I have loved this chat and thank you everybody else for listening and until next time have fun and live immediately